them from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Just to show you how crazy Hollywood is, how crazy the media are. They all think Oprah Winfrey for president is a pretty cool idea. And they can't stop talking about it. And neither can conservative radio hosts. And, and and neither can people on Twitter and Facebook. Oh, Oprah, Oprah, Oprah. Now, I object strenuously to all of this. I'm for Judge Judy, Mr. Producer. I think Judge Judy would be a far better Democrat nominee than Oprah Winfrey, don't you? I really do. I think we need Judge Judy. As a Democrat nominee. Or Jerry Springer, since he better represents the cultural views of the left, I think Jerry Springer would be great. Or Dr. Oz. Like the Wizard of Oz. Dr. Oz would be great. Or maybe Dr. Phil, because Dr. Phil can analyze Oprah Winfrey for us. Aren't they buddies? Ellen DeGeneres, she would be perfect for reasons I do not need to explain. But really, Judge Judy, I'm going to get behind Judge Judy for the Democrat nomination uh, juggernaut. We'll create that juggernaut. So anytime somebody brings up Oprah, say, no, Judge Judy. And Judge Judy has a lot more to offer. She actually has an IQ. What? What did he say? Yes, she has an IQ. Oprah really doesn't have an IQ, in my humble opinion. She's sort of a soft Jerry Springer, or at least she was. Didn't do anything for me. Now, people have said to me, Mark, what about Whoopi Goldberg? And I thought, you can never elect somebody named Whoopi, but on the other hand, we elected somebody named Barack Obama, so maybe Whoopi Goldberg would win. Maybe that's a possibility. Or Joy Behar. I said, no. We already have Bernie Sanders, and he's better looking. Uh, you know, some people say so. So we got a whole conga line of freaks and frauds and fools that we can pick from on daytime TV. Oprah Winfrey has done enormous things for this country. She has... Um, Created thousands and thousands and thousands of jobs, hasn't she? Hasn't she, Mr. Producer? Yeah, and she's built so many things. Massive mansion, I think it was in Hawaii. I don't know where she is anymore. Hollywood, whatever it is. But she'd be perfect. But no, I like Judge Judy better. She'd be really perfect, I think. So I'm not interested in taking your calls on this. I don't watch the uh, Golden Globes. I could care less. I'm sure most of you don't either. Um, but by the way, I saw a great movie over the weekend. And I don't go to movies. 
I saw the Darkest Hour movie on Churchill, a little piece of Churchill. It was exceptional. Exceptional. And the actor who played uh, Churchill, what's his name, Gary Oldman? He won the Golden Globe Award. And I thought to myself, that's not fair. He's a white privileged guy. He's a white straight male. They should have picked somebody else to play that role. That's not fair. We don't have to be exactly accurate when we do movies, do we? I mean, you don't have to be exactly accurate when you write books about the President of the United States, do you? We're on that slob in a minute. But it is amazing to me how the media, Brian Stelter over there at CNN, Jake Tapper over there at CNN, in fact, all of the fools over at CNN. Then there's MSLSP and uh, all those uh, bizarros and others. They actually take this fool's book seriously. They know he's not telling the truth. Not in every respect. They know that so much of the book makes no sense, like the President of the United States didn't know who Boehner was, when in fact he had played golf with Boehner earlier and knew exactly who Boehner was. And yet this is America today, according to the media, according to Hollywood, according to the Democrat Party. Here we are discussing Oprah, and a fictional book that's touted as a non-fictional book uh, by a slip-and-fall writer who has absolutely no credibility. But before we do this, Oprah at the Golden Globes last night, you're not going to want to miss this lecture from Oprah. I'm sure it's just swell. Cut nine, go! In 1944, Reese Taylor was a young wife and a mother... She was just walking home from a church service. She attended in Abbeville, Alabama, when she was abducted by six armed white men, raped and left blindfolded by the side of the road, coming home from church. They threatened to kill her if she ever told anyone. But her story was reported to the NAACP where a young worker by the name of Rosa Parks became the lead investigator on her case, and together they sought justice. But justice wasn't an option in the era of Jim Crow. The men who tried to destroy her were never persecuted. Reese Taylor died 10 days ago, just shy of her 98th birthday. She lived as we all have lived too many years in a culture broken by brutally powerful men. For too long, women have not been heard or believed if they dared to speak their truth to the power of those men. But their time is up. You know, this is a... uh, That's not... This is grotesque. What happened was horrific. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Jim Crow was horrific. Slavery was horrific. How do you tie this today to men? To men. Why don't they name the list? Why wasn't it on the screen last night? A rolling screen of the men in Hollywood. 
who've molested or harassed women in Hollywood. How come they didn't have the guts to do that? How come they It's not all men. It's nothing to do with the civil rights era. It has to do with modern-day Hollywood, where there ought to be a crime tape around that town. But no. No. I don't know who wrote this for Oprah Winfrey. I don't know if she wrote it herself. But it's a really clever attempt at a distraction. At a distraction. Of not taking responsibility, that Hollywood community, for the conduct of its actors. And in some cases, its actresses. This has nothing to do with Jim Crow, nothing to do with the NAACP. And if, in fact, it's time to speak truth to power against these men, why didn't they do it? Why didn't they do it? Why did it take a story about Weinstein to begin to unravel the yarn ball here? And Oprah Winfrey goes to the microphone like she's like she's making some profound statement. She made no statement about the problem that persists. In a left-wing town, controlled by Democrats, controlled by Hollywood, controlled by their producers, their directors, their actors, their actresses. And she talks about Jim Crow. Not Harvey Weinstein who she was fast friends with. Cut 10, go. So I want all the girls watching here now to know that a new day is on the horizon. And when that new day finally dawns. Well, let's, 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 let's stop. This is Hollywood applauding Hollywood. I want all the girls watching here now to know that a new day is on the horizon. Why didn't she say, I'm standing here before you today, Hollywood. And you should be embarrassed of yourselves. You should all be embarrassed of yourselves to be part of a community that tolerate decades of debauchery. Decades of sexual molestation, decades of sexual harassment. And there are many of you in the audience who knew who the perpetrators are and were and never came forward in order to protect your careers or promote your careers. And you may be sitting next to many of the victims of the very men who you protected. That is a disgrace. Now, that would have been a speech worthy of a presidential wannabe. But no. No. Instead, we hear about Jim Crow and the NAACP, which is fine, but has nothing at all to do with what's taking place today in Hollywood. Nothing. Nothing. What she should have told girls watching there is not to not to stand by while all of the girls are being molested and harassed 
because you want to become famous, because you don't want to rock the boat, because you don't want to charge, uh, uh, challenge the Harvey Weinsteins of the world. No, she didn't say that. She didn't say that. Go ahead. Because of a lot of magnificent women, many of whom are right here in this room tonight, and some pretty phenomenal men fighting hard to make sure that they become the leaders who take us to the time when nobody ever has to say, me too, again. Yeah, this is, uh, this is just intended for the applause and intended for the media with not an ounce of substantive reality to it. Why don't you talk about the men who are not phenomenal by name? Why don't you talk about the women who are not phenomenal? Some of them very famous and rich. Some of them who have Academy Awards who sat on their hands knowing full well about Harvey Weinstein among others. Oprah Winfrey was friendly, very friendly with Harvey Weinstein. The extent to which she may have known anything, I have no idea. But all of a sudden, everybody's Helen Keller. Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, Michelle Obama, close, tight with Harvey Weinstein, knew nothing. And all the rest of the bigwigs in Hollywood knew nothing. Knew nothing of any of those producers, none of the directors, nothing. Lovin. Stand up to these people, ladies and gentlemen. They're they're a absolute joke. Absolute It's like the football players, millionaires on the football field, kneeling about social justice. America knows they're a bunch of overpaid prima donnas. Now, what you had at the Golden Globes was mostly a bunch of millionaires applauding a billionaire about sexual harassment. And they're going to, the world is changing now, these men out, that powerful men. What the hell are they talking about? Quite seriously. They're talking about themselves. There she is, in a den of molestation and harassment. Does she challenge them? Does she hit them? Does she use names? No. We gotta get a lecture about Jim Crow, for crying out loud. Jim Crow? We can have that discussion. We talk about it all the time. What was done to black people in the South with the Democrats in charge, it was horrific, horrific, horrific. Don't throw out Jim Crow when you're talking about the Harvey Weinsteins of the world. How many of the molestors, not the victims, but the perpetrators, were Democrats, were liberals, were donors to Obama, donors to Hillary Clinton. How many of them were sitting in that audience or have sat in that audience before or have sat at the Academy Awards or whatever damn awards they give to each other? How many of them have been on their movie screens, their television screens? Does she tell them, Hollywood? No. 
And of course they jump up and applaud her. This will not happen again. We will stop this. Well, what have you been waiting for? Who's stopping them? Who's standing in their way? Pathetic. Hollywood is about cowardice. Hollywood is about deceit. Hollywood is about phoniness. Hollywood is about leftism. Hollywood deserves a crime tape put around it. If everything Oprah Winfrey is saying is true, how can she not? How can she not point her finger at that audience? <coughs> Excuse me. And yet she didn't. Now she's being touted for president. Touted for president? Once again, I'll get on the Judge Judy bandwagon for the Democrat Party. Anybody want to join me? Don't call. This is called tongue-in-cheek. Judge Judy would be far better. I don't think she'd give that speech at the Golden Globes. Okay, I'll say it first. Oprah Winfrey was a humiliating embarrassment. Absolutely pathetic. I'll be right back. An unapologetic patriot and unapologetic constitutionalist. You can reach him at 877-381-3811. And how about this stiff Stedman? I've never understood this. Stedman? All right, I'm not going to go there. All right. Over at the Hill newspaper, John Solomon is at it again. A real journalist. FBI agents' text messages spur congressional probe into possible news leaks. Republican-led House and Senate committees, this is breaking this minute, are investigating whether leaders of the Russia counterintelligence investigation at the FBI had contacts with the news media that resulted in improper leaks, prompted in part by text messages among senior FBI officials mentioning specific reporters, news organizations, and articles. In one exchange, FBI counterintelligence agents Peter Strozik, oh, that guy, and bureau lawyer Lisa Page, oh, that lady, engaged in a series of texts shortly before Election Day 2016, suggesting they knew in advance about a Wall Street Journal article and would need to feign stumbling onto the story so it could be shared with colleagues. Quote, article is out, but hidden behind paywall, so can't read it, unquote, Page texted Stroke. On October 24, 2016. Now remember who this guy's stroke is. He's the lead investigator on Mueller's staff. Trying to concoct a collusion case against Donald Trump. I go on. Quote. Wall Street Journal. Boy, that was fast. Strozik text back. Using the initials of the famed financial newspaper WSJ. Should I find it and tell the team? See, the point is, they knew about it. The question is, if they leaked it. Seems very rational, doesn't it? The text messages, which were reviewed by the Hill, so the two FBI agents discussed how they might make it appear that they innocently discovered the article, such as through Google News alerts. Quote, I can get it like I do every other article that hits any Google News alert. Seriously, Stroke wrote, adding he didn't want his team hearing about the article, quote, from someone else. Quote, Stroke played a key role in the early Russia election meddling probe, 
before he was removed last summer by Special Counsel Robert Mueller for exchanging anti-Donald Trump text messages with Page. And by the way, was the Inspector General at the Department of Justice who uncovered these texts, not Clouseau, a.k.a. Mueller. The Justice Department has told Congress that Stroke had engaged in an affair with Page, who served as a lawyer advising FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe, whose wife is a left-wing Democrat kook who ran for the state Senate in Virginia with the backing of hundreds of thousands of dollars from the kook governor of Virginia. That would be McAuliffe. Let me go on. The Yale newspaper reviewed nearly three dozen texts in which the two agents discussed articles, tried to track down information about a specific New York Times reporter, or opined about leaked information in stories that they fretted were, quote, super specific, unquote. In other words, the implication is, uh-oh, I hope our fingerprints aren't on it. Republican investigators in both the House and Senate say the text messages suggest FBI personnel may have had media contacts, but don't necessarily prove it. So they want to learn more about what the two agents were talking about and whether any FBI officials involved in the Russia probe engaged in leaking, sources told the Hill. Call me leaker. Other leakers. They're leaking like a sewer over there at the top. The left wing has control of that damn bureau. That's exactly what's going on there. And I happen to know real FBI agents who are disgusted with what's taking place. President Trump has bitterly complained about leaks in the Russia probe, suggesting it had created a false narrative about his campaign and early administration. And FBI officials have taken the rare step of denouncing a few major stories in the Russia case as inaccurate. FBI contacts with the media wouldn't necessarily be improper unless they resulted in the release of confidential law enforcement information or classified information, such as the leak last February of an intercept of then-National Security Advisor Mike Flynn's contacts with the Russian ambassador. Yeah, let me help everybody out here. The Obama administration unmasked names in their counterintelligence investigations and on their ongoing uh, espionage activity. They unmasked the names of American citizens, and they leaked it to the media. It's exactly what they did. We have Trey Gowdy out there who said over three, four weeks ago that Samantha Power, the left-wing goofball hack who was the secretary, UN, secretary, uh, UN ambassador that Obama appointed from the United States, that she said her name was used in the unmasking over there at the NSA. They weren't all hers. Gowdy said he'd get to the bottom of it. Anybody hear from Gowdy lately? How about his barber? Anybody hear from him? No. Where is he? Nowhere. In one string of text messages just five days before the election, Page, the lawyer, alerted Stroke, the counterintelligence agents, to a Washington Post story about a timeline in the controversial Hillary Clinton email investigation. Page mentions a conversation she had just had with FBI Chief of Staff James Rybicki and openly expressed concern the information about the FBI's timeline was too specific for comfort in the article. Sorry, Rybicki called. Timeline article in the Post is super specific and not good. Doesn't make sense because I didn't have specific information to give. Oh, well, I wonder who leaked it. Must have been a little birdie. Well, somebody who knew it. That's who leaked it. A few days earlier, Strozik texted Page about another new article, suggesting it was anti-FBI. Yep, the whole tone is anti-Bureau. Just a tiny bit from us, he wrote. This goes on and on 
and on. It's annoying as hell. That's why we played it. It's NBC. And more on them in a minute. I'm not done with them either. But leaking. No. There's no way they leaked. Insurance policy. No, they didn't mean what you think they meant. Giving a pass to Hillary. No, no. That's just a conspiracy to take attention off Russia collusion. What Russia collusion? Oh, I don't know. The media in this country are so awful are so horrific. They are so abusive of the First Amendment. Remember, the First Amendment and freedom of the press, what does it all mean? That you and I are supposed to be protected from the government. That there's freedom of the press. Why? To protect us from the government. To report on the government. Is that what the media are doing today? Are they digging into the FBI? Solomon is. Some of the others are. Where's CNN? Nowhere. Where's CBS? Nowhere. Where's MSNBC? At some kind of a marijuana club. ABC. All the rest of them. Nowhere. They're not interested in getting to the bottom of the facts here. Getting the truth. When the two shared a national public radio article on the opening of Trump's new hotel in Washington, the two barely could contain their disdain. Quote, that's one pl- place I hope to never stay in, Page wrote. Stroke replied, agreed. I hope it fails hardly. Yes, and having their affair, I suspect they were at Motel 6s and places like that. But what do I know? Occasionally, the two also opined about the media in general. Stroke, for instance, called a New York Post article about agents unhappy with the outcome of the Clinton email case stupid and referred to Fox anchor Chris Wallet as a turd. After one of the presidential debates, Stroke also had an observation about then-Fox anchor and current NBC anchor Megyn Kelly. Quote, vaguely satisfying to see Megyn Kelly, who had Botox and looked horrible, capitals, utterly going after Trump, he texted. So they hate Fox, too. They hate all conservatives. And say what you will about Chris Wallace. He is a serious journalist. Oh, Mark, 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 Mark. Yes, he is. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The question is, how did Clouseau, a.k.a. Mueller, have this guy on his staff for so long? Why did it take the Inspector General to figure this out? Well, ladies and gentlemen, the media don't care. Because they're focused on two things right now. They're focused on a lady who's a professor at Yale. And her name is Lee. Bandy Lee. Yale University professor and forensic psychiatrist. And they're focused on an author. What the hell's his name again? I don't even remember his name. Wolf. Michael Wolf. Two phonies. Now, we actually invited Ms. Lee onto this program. Mr. Producer had an email conversation with Professor Lee. Isn't that correct, Mr. Producer? Correct. All right, Mr. Producer, you're on the air now. I asked you to get a hold of Ms. Lee not really explain who I am because I really wanted to question her in a serious way not through humiliation or mockery in a serious way what happened when you contacted Ms. Lee at first Uh, she was ready to come on but she couldn't do this week so she suggested next week Monday she suggested Monday January 19th isn't that correct yes correct and she copied her publicist about this appearance didn't she Yes, once she uh, she wanted her publicist to schedule it, and the publicist got back and said she couldn't do any date. 
So now the publicist interceded and said Professor Lee couldn't do any date. Correct. Any date. I see. And uh, the publicist works for St. Martin's Press, isn't that correct? Yes. And her name is Gabriella Gantz, G-A-N-T-Z, isn't that correct? Yes. Associate Director of Publicity. Uh, that's because Ms. Lee has a book out on this subject now, doesn't she? Yes. So we get... Endless, thank you, Mr. Producer. We get endless requests for people to come on this show hawking their books or their ideas. And 99% of them I reject. Here, we actually reach out to Professor Bandy Lee, noted expert, noted psychiatrist, who knows all things about Donald Trump, having never ever spoken to him or even met him. She's meeting with Democrats on Capitol Hill. She's going to do it again, and I'll explain that later. She's on the media. She's on TV. She's on friendly radio shows. And here, little Mark Levin, the third biggest talk show in America, wants to talk to Bandy Lee and figure out her thinking processes on Donald Trump's mind. She says yes on January 19th. January 19th. Isn't that Martin Luther King birthday? January, January 15th and then the 19th. Gave you two dates. And we picked either. We said, I'll take both. Either one. And she doesn't want to talk to me. Well, she does, but her publicist does not. In fact, here's what her publicist wrote to Mr. Producer. Hi, Richard. Bandy's schedule will not allow for an interview. Thank you, Gabriella. Any interview at any time. Period. What kind of publicist is that? A left-wing hack kook. A left-wing hack cook. This is what the media are talking about. This is a campaign. I told you this a couple weeks ago, and now you see it coming out. Then you have the backbencher saying, I told you years ago, when they never said a damn thing about it. I'm tracking this. I've been tracking this. We had a caller bring up the Goldwater rule. We went into the Goldwater rule. You're now hearing about the Goldwater rule from all the other backbenchers, and we continue to dig. Where in the world is Bandy Lee? If there's a gaggle of Democrats, she's with them. If there's a gaggle of Democrat reporters, she's with them. But she will not come on this program. And I'm going to tell you why. She's a fake and a fraud. Hello! She had her chance to come on. I was going to give her more than equal time. I was going to interview her. She's a fake and a fraud. And she's being used by fools like the morning schmo, Mr. Deliverance, and Mrs. Schmo. Being used by that clown, Brian Stelter, who, uh, if you ask me, has a screw loose. Being used by the Democrats to prepare for impeachment, or what they claim, Amendment 25. Doesn't even make any sense, and so forth. That's exactly what's going on. This is a diabolical campaign. And now we have this fool, Michael Wolf. More on him when I return. in. Actually exist, Mr. Producer? There really is a Stedman. What's he doing these days? Well, uh, and by the way, NBC, we want to congratulate them. They've come out of the closet now. Of course, they came out of the closet when they uh, started MSNBC and they're the likes of the morning Schmo and Mrs. Schmo. 
And they put out a, uh, I guess it's a tweet last night from NBC. Nothing but respect for our, capital O-U-R, future president. This is during the, Globe, the Golden Globe Awards. So NBC is uh, out of the closet. And, uh, well, they were always out of the closet anyway. But now they go, no, we didn't mean that. Of course not. What do you think? Our can mean anything, like the word is. I mean, no, no, it's not, it's not right. Our. Our. We meant our. H-O-U-R. It was a misspelling. Our future president. Come on, everybody knows that. Then they realized how stupid it was, and they said, oh, well, of course we're for Oprah. For, for anyone but Trump. You know that. NBC. What a joke. Another destroyed institution. But there's a brand new institution out there. I want you to be part of it. You won't ever see us put out a tweet like that. If you're starting off this new year with some resolutions, may I suggest one that we should all try? Stop watching fake news. Last year we saw how far the liberal media will go, even at the expense of their own credibility. And if you missed the last couple of Levin TV episodes of the year, we recapped the Obama surveillance scandal and a lot more. Started with total mockery of yours truly by the media and ended with total vindication. These are the kinds of stories you're only going to get on CRTV. We're bringing you the truth night in and night out. And 2018 is shaping up to be a huge year for CRTV. We're adding new shows from hosts like Andrew Wilkow, Ali Stuckey, and more. Plus, the price is less than 8 bucks a month when you use promo code LEVIN. Time to fight back against liberal media. Give an example. Tonight's LEVIN TV, the entire subject of impeachment. What the framers meant, where this comes from, and where we're headed with this. As I say, it's time to fight back against the libs. Do yourself a favor. Just try it. Try CRTV for one week. Completely free at CRTV.com. Make sure you use code LEVIN, that's code L-E-V-I-N, and take 10 bucks off your annual subscription. Sign up now at CRTV.com, code LEVIN, or you can just give us a call on our toll-free number, 844-LEVIN-TV, that's 844-L-E-V-I-N-TV, and you ought to start with tonight's show, it's a doozy. What's a doozy, Mr. Producer? Whatever it is, it's a doozy. Yes, it is like a Stedman. I, I don't know. I don't know what a Stedman is. I'm going to get up move this here. Got it. Democrats to hold new meeting with psychiatrists who calls Trump a danger to public in the Washington Times. Some Democratic lawmakers, writes David Boyer, are renewing their campaign this week of questioning Trump's mental fitness for office. Aided by a psychiatrist who is drawing ethics rebukes from her peers for giving opinions about the president without having examined him. If she has a license, it ought to be yanked. I mean this quite literally. Lawmakers will gather for dinner Wednesday night. I didn't even ask the woman for dinner. I asked her to come on the show for an interview. Never, ever, never, ever, says her publicist. Publicist. Lawyers will gather for dinner Wednesday night at the Washington home of Representative Rosa DeLauro. I'll let that one pass. Connecticut Democrat in a salon-like setting to hear from Dr. Bandy Lee, a Yale University. It's like going to a seance, isn't it? Oh, they're going to meet at Rosa DeLauro's home. Oh, and they're going to have a seance. Oh, a seance with Dr. Bandy Lee of Yale, professor, forensic psychiatrist, who believes Donald Trump is dangerous and requires a mental capacity exam. 
By the way, has anybody heard Nancy Pelosi lately? There's somebody who needs a mental capacity exam right there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. I know I'm not going to have enough time to get to everything. But what I do get to, holy mackerel, we will get to Michael Wolf, the phony, who the media love. And they even say, well, you know, the guy has problems with telling the truth. And I, but, you know, the, the story he's telling, though, it's, it's really compelling. And, you know, you got to rely on it. Anyway, I'll get to that in a minute. First, I want to go to Jake Tapper on CNN yesterday with White House advisor Stephen Miller. Now, I haven't seen this. I haven't heard this yet. I've heard all about it during the course of the day, but I didn't watch it in real time. I haven't watched it in tape time. But let's listen to this together, because I suppose that many of you have not heard or seen this. Now, I'm on radio here, so we'll hear it together. So it's Jake Tapper of CNN with Stephen Miller, who works for the president, formerly worked for Jeff Sessions. Cut to go. I want to ask you, because um, you, you obviously are very offended by the notion that this book, Fire and Fury, paints a picture of President Trump. Trump is not mentally up to the job. Um, on Saturday, President Trump put out a series of tweets trying to defend himself f- on this issue of fitness. And he said, quote, actually throughout my life, my two greatest assets have been mental stability and being like really smart. Crooked Hillary Clinton also played these cards very hard and as everyone knows, went down in flames. I went from very successful businessman to top TV star to president of the United States on my first try. I think that would qualify as not smart, but genius, and a very stable genius at that. Do you think tweets like that help or hurt the cause that the president is stable enough for the job? Now, let, let's, no? let's, just stop, let's just stop right there. If you're a real journalist, you don't even, it's, it's not a big deal what he tweeted. He's defending himself. And there's significant truth to what he said. But but why why would you focus on this if you're a journalist? I'm quite serious about this. Other than try to score points or raise questions about the president and so forth and so on, which is obviously the party line at the constipated news network, CNN. Go ahead. But I think in the toxic environment that you've created here in CNN and cable news, which is a real crisis of legitimacy for your network, and we saw it, of course, with the extremely fake news you reported about the Don Jr. and WikiLeaks story. There was a huge embarrassment for your network. Stephen, just like stop. the huge embarrassment. Uh oh, uh oh, oh my God! You can't tell Jake Tapper that CNN is a joke. Oh my Lord! Go ahead. You've got the Comey testimony wrong. Stephen, I'm trying to get to the issue of the president's fitness, accounting. which a lot of people well, are questioning. I'm getting to the issue of your no, fitness, you're... but the president's... The president's... Uh-oh, stop that. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Jake doesn't like that. No, 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 you don't understand. Jake does not like that. 
You've offended Jake. How dare you question Jake? Go. Absolutely reaffirmed the plain spoken truth. A self-made billionaire revolutionized reality TV and tapped into something magical that's happening in the hearts of this country. The people that the you don't... has approval people, rating in the 30s. I don't know what people, magical you're talking people, about. The people that you don't Stop. connect with... Uh, was he elected president? Did you not say the president is in the 30s? Yes. And your polls all showed the president losing before the election? Yes. But he won. Oh. Go ahead. Stand. The people whose manufacturing jobs have left, who've been besieged by high crime communities, and who've been affected by a policy of uncontrolled immigration, those voices, those experiences, don't get covered on this network. That's so, why, the, I, mean, it, I mean, to prove the point... I was, I was booked to talk about the very issues I'm just describing, and you're not even asking about them, because they're not interesting facts to you. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Jake has been exposed. You invited Stephen Miller to your show, Jake, and you didn't give the truth about why you were having him on your show. Go ahead. Questions on immigration. You've attempted to filibuster by talking about your flights. No, to the I'm president. not. I, no, I want to ask you a question because uh, you, don't, no, you, don't be you, condescending, you, Jake. Jake, even Jake. The president the reason, and the no, White House. The reason why the I want to talk and the about White, the president Jake, and the White House. The reason why I want to talk about the president's experiences, what I've seen with him traveling to meet dozens of foreign leaders, with his incredible work. Okay, you're not answering major, the questions. No, I understand. You have 24 hours a day of anti-Semitic material. You're, being, you're not going to give three minutes for the American people I to get hear it. the real experience you, you, of you, Donald Trump. There's one viewer that you care about right now, and you're being obsequious. No, you're being a fact no, totem in order being, to please him, okay? No. And I think, you know, I've, you know wasted, I I think about, I've wasted enough of my you viewers' time. I, you know oh, he wasted enough of his viewers' time. You ever watch Don Lemon? That's a waste of the viewers' time all the time. How about this little uh, clown from Towson State? What's his Brian Stelter. You ever watch it? Now, there's a waste of time. And quite frankly, Jake, don't you think you should have a little sign on your desk in front of you while you're doing your show saying that in 1992 you were a campaign press secretary for Democratic congressional candidate Marjorie Margolis Mezvinsky? And you later served on, his, on her uh, congressional pre- as her congressional press secretary. I'm not saying that biases everything you've reported, but it does tell us a little bit about your mind. And I don't even need Bandy Lee to tell me that you're a lib. You've got some conservatives for not me. Now, most of you have something else to do on Sundays other than wash that. Like, uh, you know, clean your house or wash dishes or... Uh, or wash your windows or something, then I don't blame you. Then we have Michael Wolf. Mr. Producer, would you open your microphone again? We struck out with uh, Bandy Lee, who we so much wanted to have on the program, the Democrat operative dressed up as a Yale professor in psychiatry. And I wanted to ask her a number of questions about her conduct, but her publicist blocked her, even though she was prepared to come on. Now, did we invite Michael Wolf, the author of this Fire and Fury book, as we discussed, to come on the program? I emailed his publicist and haven't heard back. Another publicist that doesn't want publicity for the author? Isn't that amazing? Now, who is that? Do you happen to know? I don't know. your head, the name. D- dig it up. We just want to give her the publicity that a publicist deserves. So this guy, Michael Wolf's all over the White House talking to people. He's, he's hanging out in Bannon's office. He's talking to this one, talking to that one. Can't shut the clown up. 
I want to bring him on the program, and he won't come. All of a sudden, he's uh, he's silent. He's silent. Because Michael Wolf is a phony. You've had numerous individuals say, I didn't say that, or he took it out of context. You've had numerous assertions, like he didn't know who John Boehner was, when he clearly did know who John Boehner was. And I wanted to bring the gentleman on, not like a Today Show interview, or a Morning Schmo interview, or a BBC interview, a Mark Levin interview. But they ducked me, and they ducked me for a reason. Because they're scared of their show. That's why. Now we have Michael Wolf on the BBC Radio Saturday. He'll go on BBC Radio, but here we are with millions and millions of you can help give him the notoriety that he so slobbers over. And he ducks us. Cut three, go. You know, I think one of the interesting effects of the book so far is a very clear emperor has Let's no stop. clothes. He talks like a louse, like a, like a buffoon. The emperor has no clothes. Gee, I never heard that line before. Anybody hear that line before? But here's the thing. He exposed the media once again. They love this book. They're all over this book. They're quoting the book. They're promoting the book. They even admit, yeah, I'm not sure if it's true, but it doesn't matter. I think it's great. That's what this stelter says at CNN. Doesn't matter. Give him air time. We hate Trump. Hit him, hit him, hit him, hit him. Go ahead. That the story that I've told seems to present this presidency in such a way that it says he can't do this job. The emperor has no clothes. And Again suddenly, with the emperor has no clothes. And the emperor has no clothes. They come and keep saying the emperor has no clothes. I, I did my best on that. Uh, that would be Ted Clint Kennedy in his, in his days with no clothes, but that's a whole other story. Go ahead. Everywhere people are going, oh, my God, it's true. He has no clothes. What kind of a schmuck is this guy? He's an author? Seriously? He has no clothes. The emperor has no clothes. Oh, my God. He has no clothes. Go ahead. That's the background to the perception and the understanding that we'll finally end this, that we'll end this, this, this presidency. So the guy has a motive to end the presidency. That's his motive. So he's questioning the president's mental stability. He's questioning doing all these things. Why is this book popular, other than the fact that the left wants it to be popular? Seriously. It's filled with propaganda. It's filled with propaganda. The emperor has no club. All right, cut four, go. This on, is... All right, let me let me set it up properly. He's on Meet the Depressed with, uh, what's his name again? I can't remember his name. <clears throat> but anyway, oh, Chuck Todd. One day that goatee will grow in, Chuck. We're all, we're all hoping. Cut four, go. This is, you know, I, I, I think not yeah, an yeah. exaggeration and not unreasonable. No. No. It's not unreasonable to say this is 25th Amendment kind of stuff. What? This is, I mean, did anybody say that in there. the West Wing to you? All the time. 25th Stop. Amendment. 25th Amendment. 
emperor has no clothes. This is 25th Amendment kind of stuff. I mean, I'm getting more attention for being a carnival barker than anybody's ever seen before. This is a 25th Amendment kind of stuff. It really is. And thank you for having me on Meet the Press. I remember when Meet the Press was a real show. Where fools like this would have been dismissed. Go ahead. Bring up the 25th Amendment. Yes, actually they, they would say we're not in, in the, for, sort of in the mid-period. We're not at a 25th Amendment level yet. Um, or they would... It's alarming. Stop. Chuck, are you a complete clown? The guy's spoon-feeding you this stuff. And you don't say, do you have any factual basis for this? Who? Who in spe- I can't tell you. I, I can't tell you. It was off the record. The emperor has no clothes. And he would tell me 25th Amendment. Not, not at the 25th Amendment level yet. But we're getting, well, that's, uh, that's alarming. There's your intrepid Chuck Todd. Well, that's alarming. Oh, that's alarming. Go ahead. This is alarming in every way. And then this, this, this went on. Okay, this is a little 25th Amendment. So 25th Amendment is a concept that is alive every day in the White House. What is he talking about? Anybody know? It's a concept that's alive every day in the White House. If everybody in the White House is talking about the president being so mentally disabled and deranged that he can't do his job. Well, if everybody's talking that way, ladies and gentlemen, then why don't they trigger it? Hello, hello, Chuck. I'll do your job for you, you schmo. How come, why didn't he say to the guy, okay, if everybody in the White House is talking about it, if this goes on and on and on, what about Pence? What about the cabinet? They're the ones who can trigger the 25th Amendment. Uh, you don't understand. Uh, emperor has no clothes. Cut five, go. Did you speak with any members of the president's cabinet for this book? I did not. Whoa, CBS, Nora O'Donnell. Interesting. Go. I did not. And did you speak with the vice president? I did not. Well, and her point is, which she doesn't really make well... If the 25th Amendment's going to be triggered, it's triggered by the Vice President and the majority of the Cabinet. Did you speak to any of the... Oh, I did not. It's been going around the White House, but I did not speak to the Vice President or any of the Cabinet. Then you're a fraud, you fool! But don't worry, there's Katie, Katie Turd. What's her name? Katie Turd, excuse me. Over there at MSLSD. Home to Mr. Deliverance. And by the way, they're having serious discussions on CNN and MSNBC. What do you make of this? Well, I don't know. I think the emperor has no clothes. Oh, really? What about the 25th Amendment? Well, I, I think it's it's being discussed every day at the White House, but you know, uh, uh, they're not they're not quite there yet. Oh, really? Yes, yes. What do you think about his inaccuracies in the book? Well, they really don't matter, you see, because the guy's taking us where we need to go. We can say there's inaccuracies, but and then fill in the blank. Oh, I see. Michael Wolf on MSLSD. Cut six, go. Do you think he's sexist? I mean, I, that's, um, yes. Do you think he's racist? Now, hold on, on. 
Now, Michael Wolf, in order to do this right with your Lib Media pals, you've got to answer their leading questions with a yes every time. Sexist, homophonic, xebophobic, all the phobics, all the ists. Yes, 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 yes. You want to sell books, this is what you got to do. Do you think he's sexist? I mean, let's hit that one from the top. Go. Do you think he's sexist? I, I mean, I, that's, um, yes. Do you think he's racist? Yes. Um, yes. Xenophobic? I do. I do. Xenophobic. I want, what does that mean? He's, ah, yes. Ah, didn't he say yes first? Yeah, yes. What does that mean, by the way? It's not afraid of others. It's afraid of foreigners. She's, she's, she's a buffoon, too. Do you think he's uh, he's xenophobic? Yes. What does that mean, by the way? Go ahead. Yeah. Anti-Semitic. Um, you know, I've had this I had this specific discussion with with Steve Bannon, um, who thought not. He, th- he thought yes, maybe he's a Lots racist. Maybe he's, a, maybe he's a racist. He didn't think he was he was an anti-Semite. Well, lots of people accuse you, Katie Ter, of being the moron of all morons. Yes. It's not, a, not an attack on your genitalia. It's an attack on what's between your ears, you know, all the sponge material. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Eric, Los Angeles, California, Sirius Satellite, go! Hello. Eric, are you there? I guess he Wait, drove off. I'm here. Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. I can hear you. Let's go. Oh, so let's go. Okay. This book is apparently a uh, fraud, a fiction, this um, um, wolf book. So why is it? Can you point out one thing that has been proven to be a lie in this book? Just one sir, thing. Have, I, I will. But do you have access to the Internet? Tony Blair said his quote is a lie. Rush Limbaugh said his quote is a lie. The president said he never sat down with this guy for all the hours that he says. You're not even listening, clown. Now pay attention. I'm educating you. I got to get through that thick noggin of yours. Also, he said he didn't know John Boehner. He didn't know his name and what he did. He was Speaker of the House. Of course he did. He had played golf with him earlier and knew him quite well. In fact, they were friendly. Anything else, pal? What do you mean? Ah, get lost, you moron. This is what we're dealing with, folks. Can you name one? I named five. I go back and name five more. The guy won't even come on my show, the author. I'll be right back. If Mark has banned you from the show, we have a special number you can call to reach him, 877-381-3811. Ladies and gentlemen, 2018 is here. It's time to look your best. That's right, look younger than you ever have in years, guaranteed. It's easy with the brand new Genesel treatment for droopy eyelids. Here's Mary from Fort Collins, Colorado. I don't believe everything I hear, so I tried this eye lift on my right eye. The next day at work, everybody said my right eye looked better. I couldn't believe it. And yes, all the saggy lines on your eyelids disappear. This breathtaking eyelid treatment is yours free. Free. With your order of Genesel for bags and puffiness. 
You'll also get Genesel immediate effects for 12-hour results. Go to Genesel.com, that's Genesel.com, or give them a call on their toll-free number. 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604. Gets better. Order in the next 20 minutes to get two more classics. Esoteque RF Collagen Builder and Deep Firming Serum Free. Now during Chamonix's amazing New Year sale, you'll get the best-selling Lazen's Neck Treatment. Now call now. Upgrade to express shipping for free. That's six free gifts. 800-SKIN-604. Harry, supplies are running out. That's 800-SKIN-604. 800-SKIN-604. Or go to Genesel.com. That's Genesel.com. All right. Let's take a couple more calls here. Then we'll jump back in. What do you think? Uh, Charles, Lake Charles, Louisiana, on the Mark Levin app. How may I help you? How are you doing, Mark? Thanks for taking the call. Yes, sir. Uh, I wanted to ask a couple questions. My first question is, uh, it, I, wanted, I wanted to see if you, you're in your opinion on my rationale. Are these people, yes. these liberals in Washington, losing their minds or what? And the second question is, all these people that keep focusing on the 25th Amendment of the Constitution, have they all been to law school and studied the Constitution? And then the point I wanted to make was that, yeah, well, it, one of the things I class all these rebels about is that I class them as reprobate. And the, Look, here's the bottom line to all your questions. These people are progressive, some of them wittingly, some of them unwittingly. And what this means to them is they can't have an honest disagreement. You can't have a different opinion. They require uh, conformity. They require conformity. I've said many times that progressivism is the bastard child of Marxism. And individual liberty doesn't fly unless it's in the pursuit of centralized progressivism. And at which point the individual's liberty is eventually devoured. These people would take us places where we don't want to go. And they're trying to do that now. Whether it's health care or schooling or whatever it is. Uh, it's a failure whether it's practiced in Venezuela or Cuba or Zimbabwe or North Korea or anywhere else. Even uh, even in Britain, where people can't get to a dentist, where they've canceled 500,000 procedures and so forth, we are headed in this direction, we're headed in this direction quickly. The problem is, or the question is, whether we're too late. Because you can see... In the case of Trump, I've just come to realize that when you look at what they're doing to Trump, Trump doesn't deserve what they're doing to him. He doesn't deserve to be so thoroughly and completely disrespected as President of the United States. They're not even questioning his policies anymore. They're not even just questioning his, his tweets anymore. They are questioning his soundness of mind. His soundness of mind. And this is the sort of thing, we talked about this the other week, that uh, that tyrannical regimes do. You don't have a legitimate opinion, a legitimate policy, a legitimate disagreement. You are deranged. You are demented. You need to go into an institution. You need to be removed from your position of power. And that's exactly what's taking place here. All right, Charles, I appreciate your call. Thank you. Edgar, Centerville, Virginia, the great W-M-A-L. Go. Oh, Mark, it is... Truly an honor, let me just say that. You have enlightened my knowledge on a lot of different issues. 
in the political arena. I'm new to this uh, area of politics, but mm -hmm. let me just make a quick comment. I know you've got a lot of callers. You have made my entire year with the last comments you made about that guy having, but the emperor has no clothes. It's yeah. just absolutely hilarious. Oh, okay, thank you. Yeah. Well, here, here's the thing, Edgar. They're taking a guy who they know has a very seedy past as an author, who has a very poor record for accuracy. And there are multiple examples, even in this book, even though that left-wing kook from L.A., did, he asked me about it, then he didn't want to hear it, then he starts talking over me. This is your typical left-wing kook. That's why I stay away from them. I don't, I don't, you know, even when they're in my family, I stay away from them. Because you can't, you can't have a discussion. So what's the point? And so they use this author. The reason he's on MSNBC and CNN and all these other shows isn't because he's a font of knowledge. He has something profound to say. Uh, he's dug something up we never heard before. It's because he is a, a megaphone for these reporters to use him to express their left-wing partisan hack viewpoints. And they do it by quoting him or asking him questions. You really believe that? You really believe it? Of course, he doesn't, or he does. But the reason, but the point is, they're giving him all this face time and all this air time for a reason. Yeah. In a, in a quick note, I'm following what you're saying. I've been following Trump since 1994, and I read, you know, these books, and I've been watching a lot of his videos and throughout the years. And they are picturing him to be some kind of lunatic. And I know for a fact that he is not a, not a lunatic. I don't know him personally, but you could tell that the, the man is let me, let me ask you a question, Edgar. Is there a single Democrat public official, whether they've been president in the Senate or the House, that they ever painted as mentally disabled? Nothing that I can remember. Mentally deranged? I can't think of one. And trust me, if we had week after week after week of it, we'd know, wouldn't we? Absolutely not, and it goes back to, uh, to the double standard in the media. If it was, you know, what they call it, the Messiah, you know, Obama, they wouldn't be doing nothing compared to what they're doing to uh, this man right now. If only they had as much interest in Hillary's emails as they do in Donald Trump's tweets, then we'd be somewhere, wouldn't we? We'll be. You know what? I will actually have a lot more faith in the government now if at least we would go into do a third investigation on that. But the government hasn't done anything. All right, Edgar. Appreciate your call, sir, very much. Let us continue. Andrew, Washington, D.C., the great WMAL. Go. Hello, Andrew. Are you there? Yeah. Go right ahead, sir. Your name is Thank Andrew, much, correct? Uh, All right. Go right yes, ahead. Yes, it please. is. All right. What the what the um, book is doing is a new tack, and they've tried a number of things from beginning from questioning the Electoral College, the Mueller investigation, to um, to a series of efforts to undermine the vote of the American people, and now they're questioning his mind. And this reminds me of a term called gaslighting. It's a psychological term. It comes from the movie Gaslight. Charboyer and Ingrid Bergman. The villain is Charboyer who tries to convince his innocent wife that she's losing her mind. Mm -hmm. And the more he says that, the more he believes she'll believe it. Now, why do you think they're doing this? 
because they want him to um, to succumb to to uh, wither under the attack. They want this to be a. They want him to succumb, but they but they want this is done to influence not so much him but the American people to believe that he's a psycho, to believe that he's dangerous, and if they don't win the House, they want to defeat him. Should he run for re-election, which he said today he is intending to do, and they're trying to win the House under these pretexts and others, uh, so they can impeach him. This is all done to lay the foundation for impeachment. Now, even though impeachment does not apply to physical or mental disability, which is why in 1967 they ratified the 25th Amendment to the Constitution, Woodrow Wilson couldn't be impeached. Um, they didn't know what to do when John Kennedy was assassinated and so forth. So we have our 25th Amendment. They keep throwing that around, 25th Amendment, 25th Amendment, which is never going to happen because that requires the vice president and a majority of the cabinet and two-thirds of the House ultimately, and that's just not going to happen. So they'll go the impeachment route. But what they're doing here is trying to wear us down, trying to wear down the American people. And if the left is good at anything, it's good at the big lie, repeating it over and over and over and over again. Russian collusion, and now that is ingrained in the nation's psyche, even though there isn't any. Obstruction of justice, that's ingrained in the nation's psyche, even though there isn't any. Uh, business deals with Russia that, uh, that, are, that are somehow uh, potentially criminal, ingrained in the public's mind, you know, uh, on and on and on, that he's a sexual deviant, ingrained in the public's mind, that he is... Uh, He's mentally deranged and unstable and is a huge threat to this country and the world. Ingrained in the public's mind. It's one thing after another. They're throwing everything humanly possible at this guy. And they have this preening Pretoria Guard media that is with them every step of the way. This is uh, what I call and have been calling a silent coup. They want to remove him. And the fact that the media and the Democrats... And, uh, and the, the cultural warriors out there and the rest want to remove this president. And I call them out for it. Suddenly, oh, he's a right-wing conspiracy theorist. He uses the word coup. Well, you want to remove him? What do you call it? All right, Andrew, thank you for your call, sir. Henry, Dallas, Texas, the great WBAP. Go. Hey, Mark. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I really appreciate it. I yes, sir. I was listening to you talk about Bandy Lee, and I was just really struck by she's a professional. She belongs to a professional organization. She's a member of the Yale, Yale, Yale faculty. And what a dangerous thing she's doing, because uh, all the people that are going to be thinking that they can just, you know, write on a piece of paper their, their mental health issues and you know, some mental health professional can make a diagnosis just by observing them, not not actually seeing them. I mean, it, that is a, that's a that's a big that's a real. She shame. knows exactly what she's doing, and the Democrats are milking her for everything they possibly can. And this is they they, they will not debate us on the issues. They will not debate us on philosophy or their ideology. They will not do that. Instead, it's about criminalization. It's about removal from office. It's about character assassination. And they do it every time. I want to tell you, when I served Ronald Reagan, what they did to President Reagan, what they did to Nancy Reagan, the things they would say about them, and on and on and on. But I have to confess, having served in that administration for eight years, having worked in the 76 and 80 campaigns, and they were 
the left way out of control. I have never, ever seen anything like this. Nothing. Well, it's, it's a shame. I, it, I think if I were a member of the psychiatric professional community, I would be doing everything I could to try to shut that down. Because that's dangerous. It's dangerous to all those people that... She should lose that, her license, in my humble opinion, assuming they get licenses. Really, they, they should. They, uh, Yale should be ashamed. I mean, it, it's it's something that she must... No, no, you don't understand. Either. Progressives are never ashamed. That's true. You're, you're right. Uh, that's yeah. their own little psycho problem. All right, Henry, thanks for your call. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Hillsdale College. <clears throat> you know, a new movie about Winston Churchill, which I just saw, and I strongly recommend it, by the way, The Darkest Hour, is causing renewed interest in this, this great leader. I've got access to insight on Churchill, only available from Hillsdale College, though. Listen to this. My friend, Dr. Larry Arndt, who's the president of Hillsdale, he's also the world's leading scholar on Churchill has a fantastic piece about the three lessons we can learn from Churchill. It's yours for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Did you know that Britain once stood alone against the power of Nazi Germany? Dr. Arn tells the inspiring story about Churchill's wise courage and what it teaches us. No one knows these great Churchill stories better than Larry Arn. In fact, the official biography of Winston Churchill is published by Hillsdale College Press. But this piece appears in Imprimus, Hillsdale's free speech digest with 3.7 million readers. It's one of the most widely read publications in the country with a larger circulation than the New York Times, and thank God for that. Read this inspiring edition uh, and start receiving Imprimus free every month as part of Hillsdale's commitment to help all Americans pursue truth and defend liberty. That's levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for hillsdale.com. Now, what we knew and what you'll see in this movie, with, I mean, I'm not really giving it away. It's a fact of history, but I won't overdo it, is that Churchill refused to negotiate with Hitler. He was being pressed and pressed and pressed by certain of his cabinet members, including Chamberlain and Halifax. And they were conspiring to remove him. And uh, Churchill stood as firmly as he possibly could. The pressure was building, 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 building. And he and the king would become actually quite close. Even though Churchill's opponents had often dismissed him as kind of a drunk and this, that, and the other. He obviously was a brilliant man. But this is what uh, this is what your typical politician does, right? Not Churchill, his opponents. He'd been warning about Hitler for a decade. He'd been warning that the British hadn't built up their forces in preparation for war. And he's being pressed and pressed and pressed to negotiate, sue for peace. We can't win. Our army is surrounded at Dunkirk. 300,000 soldiers, which eventually get out. Another brilliant Churchill move. The greatest civilian armada in history. 
Uh, and of course, they're trying to find fault with him and jump on him and do this, that, and the other. And uh, but as I say, the king turned out to be a big fan of Churchill's. He was reticent initially because he understood that Churchill was the one guy Hitler didn't want as prime minister, and he, as king, was being encouraged to go to Canada. So he and the crown and the family would be safe, and he wouldn't, and he didn't. Of course, in the end, what saved Britain, in addition to this brave man, were really two things. We were attacked at Pearl Harbor, which brought us into the war, and Hitler attacked Russia. Uh, But, you know, Churchill had the capacity to give a speech that, like nobody else, like nobody else in history, really, and uh, anyway, you can go watch the movie. I would strongly encourage you to watch it. It's really quite good. It's quite good. I have no investment in this other than knowledge. Knowledge is important. Um, there was a poor gentleman who was trying to get into the theater. And uh, there was the walkway was, you know, there was kind of, it was kind of a hill. It was gradual. It was obvious he had had a stroke. On the left side of his body, he was having trouble moving his left foot and his arm. And one fellow grabbed his right side, and then I came up. I grabbed his left side, and I said, "What? What's what's going on?" And he said, "Well, I'm having great trouble getting to the theater." I said, "Well, how did you get? Who's with you?" He said, "My child's with me." I said, "Your child?" Well, he was a wonderful guy, and the other guy helping him was wonderful, too. We got him to the top, and we got him a wheelchair. <clears throat> I don't know eventually what happened. He did want to see the movie, though. And I want to wish him all the best if he's listening to the program today. We'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello everybody, I'm Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811, Well, this is what most of you have not heard all day. Hat tip newsbusters cut 11 go. After that speech, she had quite a few people in that room saying they sure did like the sound of President Winfrey. Oprah 2020, it was all over Twitter last night after that speech. If she were to get in, the next day she'd probably be leading the fight for the Democratic nomination. She'd be leading the Democratic ticket. I think the 2020 presidential campaign actually began yesterday. The idea, we've elected a reality television star right, now. Right. I mean, why is this out of the question? Oh, she's richer than he is, she's a better TV star than he is, and she knows the American public. There is a movement afoot back here, Oprah. 2020. I'm not kidding. I am all about Oprah 2020. Honestly, President Winfrey is just gorgeous. It just rolls off the tongue. A speech so inspiring, many now calling for Winfrey to add yet another title in front of her name. 
president. Uh, actor Ben Platt, if you need me for the next two years, I'll be drafting tweets in support of Oprah's 2020 <laughs> presidential campaign. Saw a lot of those comments about her running for office. And Kevin, we have to talk about Oprah's speech yeah. because there was a lot of reaction that she may run for president in 2020. Everyone was mesmerized. Allison Janney admitted she was getting swept up in Oprah for president fever. I certainly would vote for her, hands down. I would do anything for her. But that speech last night was not only empowering and inspirational, but I thought it also echoed a lot Hillary Clinton's concession speech in 2016, when she said to all the girls watching out there. It was a hopeful speech, and it was also a historical speech, too. Yeah, I tweeted last night. It was like five minutes of desperately needed therapy. Mr. Producer, I don't pretend to be an expert on Oprah. How long did she have her talk show for for a decade, right? Longer than that? Tell me, how many shows did she do that focused on sexual harassment and sexual molestation in Hollywood? Do you know? Does anybody know? All those? 25 years? And to think, I may have watched two. And by accident. Told you folks, I live in my own culture. I have a whole bubble wrap around me. I, I just can't deal with all this other crap. But anyway, so she's on the air more than two decades. I'm just curious, as another liberal Democrat with all kinds of contacts in Hollywood, all kinds of actors, actresses, directors, producers, lighting people, audio people, interns, whatever, on her program, how many shows did she focus on sexual harassment and molestation allegations in Hollywood. Yes, you folks out there, check it out. Let's see. I'm just curious. She's on TV a long time, you know. Uh, like Jimmy Kimmel, how many did he focus on? He's all for uh, Oprah Winfrey. All for Oprah Winfrey. And you know, she'd be better. Well, then let her run. I don't have any problem. You want to run? Run. Trump got elected president. And the same leftists who are saying Oprah would be better are undermining Trump. And I'm going to tell you why they're undermining Trump. Well, many reasons. But one of them is his position on immigration, which I pray he does not abandon. He says he wants to secure the southern border. Why is it that this is so controversial? That you want to secure the elements that make a nation state. That is, you want to secure the borders. Is there another country on the... Well, yes, there are. Many in Europe that, that don't believe in that. But some of them have now reversed course, but too late. So why don't we learn from experience? From the experience of others. Because, folks, the left does not... Support the country as is. And they will abuse the voting booth. They will abuse the Constitution. They will abuse the courts. They will abuse the bureaucracy. They will do whatever they have to do to advance their ideology. It's not a reality. They will advance their ideology. Now, their reality, the reality, is what happens to you. Your loss of individualism, remember what I talk about, conformity and uniformity, and your loss of liberty. You cannot have a constitutional republic and a progressive, a, a, uh, a vibrant progressive government 
They will not, over time, they cannot, over time, coexist. They cannot. President Trump at Camp David Saturday, uh, and uh, I want you to listen to some of the back and forth here. Cut 12, go. Mr. President, did you ask the White House counsel to ask Attorney General Sessions not to recuse himself from the Russian investigation? Uh, the story, by the way, in the Times was way off, or at least off. Uh, but everything that I've done is 100% proper. That's what I do is I do things proper. And, you know, I guess the collusion now is dead because everyone found that after a year of study, there's been absolutely no collusion. There has been no collusion between us and the Russians now. Now, let's stop. You know, people dismiss this. Folks, there's been no collusion between Trump and the Trump campaign, the official senior people in the Trump campaign and Russia. We have sort of a reverse McCarthyism going on here. So now, any connection with Russia, and nobody despises Putin more than I. All the code pink Republicans are kind of laying low right now. But I know what Putin is. He's a fascist. He's a fascist who's destroyed that that nascent democracy that was developing uh, when the Soviet Union collapsed. And he's worth over $40 billion. I guess that's hard work. Yeah, I know who he is. I know what he is. I've always known who he is. I've always known what he is. And I know what Russia is, too. Russia would like nothing more than America to lose. To lose wars, to lose economically, to lose our government. To lose. And that's what he's up to. But that's different than saying that a party and a candidate in our country was colluding with Russia. In fact, the only evidence that we have of actual collusion is Fusion GPS, which was funded, which was funded by the Hillary Clinton campaign and the Democrat National Committee. Incredible. Incredible how the media downplay this, if not flat out ignore it. Absolutely incredible. There's been no collusion that's been shown by any committee of Congress, by any investigation of any kind, by any reporter, by any news outlet. Nothing. And somebody should pay a price for that. The Democrats, the Democrat leadership, the media. And the price should be a complete and utter loss of credibility. Instead, they've now moved on that he's deranged and on to other stuff. Go ahead. Between Hillary Clinton, the DNC, and the Russians, unfortunately, you people don't cover that very much. But the only collusion is between Hillary and the Russians and the DNC and the Russians and one of those things. Okay, any other questions? In what way was the New York Times story off? You'll find out. But the story was off. Do you stand by Jeff as your attorney general? Yes. Why don't they ask any questions about North Korea? Let's continue. Cut 13. Go. If Robert Mueller asks you to come and speak with his committee personally, are you committed still to doing that? Do you believe that? All right, let's, 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 let's. Robert Mueller doesn't have a committee. Speak with his committee personally? Now, a couple of things here. The president's not required to speak to anybody. Was Barack Obama even asked to speak about the IRS scandal? Was he even asked to speak about the Benghazi 
affair that took place? Was he even asked to speak about Fast and Furious? Was he asked by the media? Was he asked by investigators? No. Was he said to be mentally deranged or mentally off? No. Despite the deal he got, he entered into with Iran, which is a direct threat to the United States, no, he's not mentally deranged. And all the rest of it, no. Go ahead. Just say I understand it. There's been no collusion. There's been no crime. And in theory, everybody tells me I'm not under investigation. Maybe Hillary is, I don't know, but I'm not. But there's been no collusion. There's been no crime. But we have been very open. We could have done it two ways. We could have been very close, and it would have taken years. But, you know, it's sort of like when you've done nothing wrong, let's be open and get it over with. Because, honestly, it's very, very bad for our country. It's making our country look foolish. And this is a country that I don't want looking foolish. And it's not going to look foolish as long as I'm here. So we've been very open, and uh, we just want to get that over with. That sounds a hell of a lot smarter than Oprah Winfrey did, doesn't it, Mr. Producer? Sure does to me. He didn't even talk about Jim Crow laws. It's amazing. Didn't even talk about Jim Crow laws. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. here and the best I can. Let's see here. Zach in Los Angeles, Sirius Satellite, go. Hey, nice to uh, be on the air. First time calling. Uh, Thank you. Just had a couple comments and uh, just some ideas I wanted to propose. I mean, you get these authors, you get the media, you get all these people creating this narrative Obviously, that's been shown to be less than true, if not outright lies or exaggerations. Has anyone thought for one minute in the media, this author Wolf, about the military? I, I spent eight years in the military on the back end of Clinton and for Bush Jr., did four combat deployments. And out there, we had one thing, the chain of command and our faith in our government, our faith in our people, and our faith in what we were doing out there in Iraq and Afghanistan. Moving forward now, you have the media, you have this guy, Wolf, trying to paint our government, our commander-in-chief, in a way that seems unstable, irrational. What type of message does that send to the morale of our troops, the people that were fighting, the people that were protecting overseas? And has anyone even thought the implications of how some individuals in the military will start to question whether or not they're at the trigger of a madman. Well, first of all, thank you for your service. And secondly, excellent, excellent, excellent point. And, uh, and to answer your question, no, they don't care. They really don't care. As a matter of fact, sir, they're arguing now um, in order to, the Democrats are saying they're, they're blackmailing the president. They're saying two things. We want these illegal aliens to be legalized. That's number one. Or we're shutting down the government. They're not talking about the American citizenry, no. Illegal aliens, legalized, or we're shutting down the government. Number two, they're saying, Mr. President, you want to increase spending on the military, which has been, from a spending point of view, eviscerated during the Obama years. 
what they're saying there is if that's what you want to do, then you have to increase every dollar for the military. You have to increase domestic spending. This is what they pulled during Obama's administration, and they dearly, dearly hurt the military. Thank you, Sack, and thank you for your service. Excellent point. I'm going to tell you something that very few people on radio are going to tell you, or very few people on TV, because uh, of the backlash. <clears throat> I want to salute Right Scoop, Brian over there. There's a breaking story tonight. A breaking story out of Oregon, out of actually uh, Las Vegas. Cliven Bundy, remember him? Remember him, Mr. Producer? A judge today... By the way, an Obama appointee, a judge today threw out criminal charges against Nevada cattleman Cliven Bundy, his two sons, and a co-defendant in their 2014 standoff with federal agents, citing, quote, flagrant misconduct, unquote, by prosecutors and the FBI and not disclosing evidence before and during the trial. I remember when they pulled this against former Senator Ted Stevens, who died tragically in a plane accident in Alaska. The government's conduct in this case was indeed outrageous, said U.S. District Court Judge Gloria Navarro. There's been flagrant misconduct, substantial prejudice, and no lesser remedy is sufficient. Again, an Obama judge. The judge issued a ruling before a packed courtroom with nearly 100 spectators inside, more than a dozen others waiting outside the doors. Cliven Bundy's lawyer put his arm around his client. Supporters held hands, wiped tears from their eyes, and hugged. One looked up and whispered, thank you, Lord. The dismissal with prejudice, meaning prosecutors can't seek a new trial, marked an embarrassing nadir for the government, which now has failed to convict the Bundys in two major federal cases stemming from separate armed standoffs. Excuse me. The second stunning victory for the Bundys and their followers may serve to bolster their fight against federal-controlled public land, but it's not clear how their movement has fared. The three have spent most of the last two years in jail. Amon Bundy, who led the 2016 takeover of the Malheur National Wildlife Refuge in Oregon, owes at least $180,000 in legal fees in that case, and said most of the national clients for his business, a vehicle fleet service, have left out of fear but he promised to keep working and so forth and so on. Now, whatever you think about the underlying facts, we have a federal district judge appointed by Barack Obama who is so disgusted by what must have been overwhelming misconduct by the FBI and prosecutors, federal prosecutors in this case, that she threw the case out with prejudice. With prejudice. Have you heard this story on CNN? Well, you don't know. You don't watch it. It's a rhetorical question. Have you heard this story on MSNBC? That an Obama judge threw out the case against Clyde Bundy and his sons, I guess, because of FBI and federal prosecutorial misconduct. And it does happen. Apparently it happened twice in this case. It happened in the Ted Stevens case, and it's happened in other cases. Now, this is not to denounce all federal prosecutors and certainly not all FBI agents. You always have to say that like it's a footnote. But it does happen. Like Mr. Mueller. 
and the leaks coming out of his organization to the New York Times, and the leaks of Jim Comey, and the leaks, apparently, of FBI agent Strozik, and apparently his girlfriend. You know, uh, when prosecutors, federal, state, or local, and investigators, federal, state, or local, are conducting their investigations and their prosecutions through leaks. Put yourself in the position of the defendant who does not have the resources to compete with the federal government or the state government or local government. And they keep reading things in the media and the media want these leaks. They call this reporting. Even though they're one-sided, even though they're driving a political agenda... Even though the media, the reason there's a free press First Amendment protection is to protect us from the government. The media feasts on the buffet of leaks, especially when it advances their agenda. I'll be right back. American Revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at 877-381-3811. You know, the more I think of this Oprah Winfrey speech, the more preposterous it is. She doesn't have to reach back to Jim Crow and the 1940s and so forth and so on to talk about modern Hollywood. Let's talk about her. She's been on the air or was, 25 years, including during the Bill Clinton presidency. How many of the women who came out bravely, came out bravely, and pointed at Bill Clinton as molesting them, as assaulting them, as raping her, how many of those women did Oprah Winfrey defend? And did she condemn Bill Clinton? And did she condemn Hillary Clinton? For attacking those women and any woman who would come forward. No, she didn't. And she stands up there and she's applauded by Hollywood. It's incredible. All right, I'll talk about Jim Crow. When the Democrat Senate was headed by Bob Byrd, who was a Klansman, not just the Klansman, the Grand Klegel, whatever the hell that is. I guess you get a pointier white hat or something. Did Oprah Winfrey ever use her show to condemn him and demand his resignation? I'm just curious. And I want you to realize how outrageous he was, Bird. The reason there is a West Virginia in the first place is it broke off from Virginia. It used to be part of Virginia. Because it supported the Union. Yet Robert Byrd, well, was a Klansman. And I just find it very, very interesting. I don't remember Oprah Winfrey ever doing a Sean Robert Byrd. Now, she wants to talk about Jim Crow, or did, at the Golden Globe Awards. Did she talk about the role of the Democrat Party in Jim Crow? Did she talk about the role of the Democrat Party in such Jim Crow rules as 
literacy tests and poll taxes? Did she talk about the Democrat Party's role in segregation? Did she talk about the Democrat Party's role in slavery? No, she didn't, to the best of my knowledge. And so here we have Hollywood that is caught red-handed, starting with Weinstein, and then it spreads like a bad venereal disease about others who've been molesting, harassing, assaulting, and some of the most powerful people in Hollywood and some of the wealthiest people in Hollywood knew or had to know, and they kept their mouth shut. And rather than call them out last night, she got a standing ovation. Told all the girls out there that a new day has come. Well, why didn't a new day come before? Why didn't a new day come before? Why didn't she point fingers up there behind the microphone? This wasn't a courageous speech. It was a gutless speech. It was a platitudinous speech. Which is exactly why she got the applause that she got from Hollywood. It's appalling. You know, the holidays might be over. But obviously winter's just begun. And according to many studies, the air indoors contains up to 100 times more pollution than the air outside. This can cause illness, allergies, and unnecessary wear and tear on your HVAC system, leading to costly repairs or even worse, the premature replacement of the entire system. You should resolve, as I have, to breathe better with FilterBuy. America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. They carry over 600 different filter sizes, including custom options, all ship-free within 24 hours. Plus, they manufactured, manufactured right here in America. It's a small family business. It's a wonderful, wonderful company. FilterBuy offers a multitude of MERV options, all the way up to hospital grade, so you'll be removing dangerous pollen, mold, dust, and other allergy-aggravating pollution while maximizing the efficiency of your HVAC system. Now, listen to this. I think this is important. I've signed up for this. I use everything I talk to you about. Right now, you can save 5% when you set up auto delivery, so you never need to think about air filters again. They come automatically, and then you know to go ahead and change your air filters and have the cleanest air you can in your home. You save money, you save time, you breathe better with FilterBuy.com. That's FilterBuy.com, FilterBuy.com. We're very, very proud of our wonderful new sponsor, FilterBuy. That's FilterBuy.com. All right. Let us go to Dutch, Greenwich, Connecticut, on the great WABC. Go. Hey, Mr. Levin, always a pleasure. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. Very well, thank you. All right. So uh, regarding the uh, Winfrey thing, one thing that's not being discussed is the fact that she's a correspondent for 60 Minutes and has been doing a lot of very hard-hitting pieces on prison reform. She has one on immigration coming up. She's had a, She's got a few others that are in the roots. And these are all being pushed very hard 
from the highest levels at 60 minutes and really for the ability to see how well she can handle these kind of subject matters. I mean, it, it's coming, the idea of her running, that speech last night was testing the waters and seeing what the, the initial feedback was going to be. And the more she'll be showcased on, on 60 Minutes, handling you know, the issues that will become the issues at the time of election, the more it's going to be pushed. And I, I think it's, a, you know, people have been joking about it, but I think it's a lot more serious than anyone realizes, especially that she's got the blessings of the Obamas behind her. And when she can come out and say that, you know, President Obama is, is you know, guiding her and, and, and helping her however possible, she has the war. Well, I, I take it seriously, but I'm going to mock it, too. And the fact of the matter is uh, she's got a fight on her hands. If you think Bernie Sanders and uh, Gillibrand and all the rest of them are going to just easily roll over for uh, Winfrey, I don't believe that's the case. So she's going to have a big fight on her hands. And uh, it doesn't mean she can't get the nomination. But uh, and there's things she'll have to deal with. Uh, you know, people want her to release her tax returns now. I guess it'll be a lot of questions about her personal life, the way they are about Donald Trump. I would assume. All right, my friend, you make some very interesting points. No question about it. Thomas Ogden, Utah, the great KKAT. Go. Hi, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, I just wanted to throw out there that I think it's highly remarkable that the mainstream media can ignore the Convention of States in Article 5 for years now, but within a few days they're teaching everybody all about the 25th Amendment. That's a good point, too, isn't it? Yeah. And they're not even teaching about the 25th Amendment. They're so ignorant. They just keep waving it around. Yeah. yeah. You can Google Convention of States, and, you know, there's never any news on it. you got to follow it on Twitter. Yep. All right, my friend, it's a great point. Let's see here. I've had some very good callers tonight. I want to thank you for that. Tom, Lake Orion, Michigan, Sirius Satellite, go. Yes, um, you know, these people that are talking about the 25th Amendment, I think they're forgetting maybe the fact that um, on Trump's President Trump's cabinet is one of the, you know, world's most preeminent uh, neuro um surgeons and uh dr carson and you know he he endorsed trump um and i don't i doubt he would ever you know agree to serve in his cabinet if he had questions about the man's mental uh stability i don't think we need to make what i call arguments in the alternative the left is no evidence of any kind of any mental instability by donald trump what they're doing is attacking the way he conducts himself uh, he defends himself. He pushes back. He doesn't like to be called names. He doesn't like to be accused of different things, and he hits back. That's his nature. That's what he does. He doesn't do it behind the scenes. He's not squirrely about it. He gets on his Twitter account, and he tweets it. Um, and the, the media are not used to this. The media prefer Republicans who will cower, who will bend, who will succumb. That's what they prefer. They want to beat you into obedience and submission. Uh, they want him to find uh, media contacts among the journalists to put out information. He does not operate the way that they insist he must operate. The media are, in the aggregate, uh, radical progressives. And they are abundantly clear about it now. CNN has surrendered any notion of being a news operation. 
It is a progressive Democrat operation. MSNBC is a Bernie Sanders operation. I mean, over on Fox, and I, have, I will be working over there at the end of February, just once a week on Sundays doing my show. Uh, I've had my criticism of Fox over the years, and I stick by everything I've said. However, they do actually have people on Fox who served Clinton, who served Obama, who are Democrats, who are liberals, and they actually get to speak. They aren't used as foils and shouted down the way Don Lemon does it, or uh, or the others over there, and CNN as an example. All right, sir, anything else? All right, thank you for your call. Greg, Lorton, Virginia, the great WMAL, go. Hello, Mark. Nice to speak to you, sir. Thank you. Um, I have to say, this Oprah Winfrey running for president thing really has me freaked out and scared because I actually think she may win. And the reason why I say that is because we both know she's going to pull the black vote, which, you know, I don't know. You know, I know the percentage of, of, of African-Americans we have in this country. She might pull a lot of the women vote. Pull, I, I would say, seriously, I think she could pull 70% of the women vote. No, That's I don't think That's what really so. scares me. No, I don't think so, but she wouldn't need 70%. All she need is 55%. Even scarier. Yep. You know, I, I just, I'm, I'm really fearful that if she runs, she might win because the, the lies and the hatred of Trump that have been put out there and pounded and pounded and pounded and pounded, um, people really don't know. And they, and, and, and of course, like you say, none of the, Good results um, that Trump. But he, here's doing. the thing: Trump, Trump needs to keep pushing the conservative agenda. He keeps pushing these conservative principles, principles economically and national security-wise, immigration-wise, and internationally. He will have a great record to run on. And I know people are dismissing this. Don't dismiss it. If the economy is rolling along at a very strong pace, if we can begin to secure our borders. If we are confronting, as we are in a prudential way, and I believe Trump is, our enemies and so forth, he will have a hell of a record to run on. Now, the issue to me, whether it's Oprah or Judge Judy, I was saying that mockingly, tongue-in-cheek, whomever it is, the issue is whether the country has been so fundamentally transformed that none of that matters. People just want their piece of the government pie. Uh, people really don't believe in America as a nation-state. Uh, people really want to get so-called free health care, even though it's a disaster, so forth and so on. So this could be bigger, you know, in terms of a poison that is spreading through this country than uh, even the candidates who are running. Right. And, and I have to tell you, I've spoken to many of my female um, friends and, and even my ex-wife, and um, they just have this vitriol for Trump and even though he's doing things that but are... they had it before the election, too, right? So they yeah. didn't vote for him. Absolutely. They did not vote for him. And no matter what he does, he cannot turn... And I, I too, I, can, I, I, I look at him and I say, look at this, look at that. What about this? What about that? And they just, they hate him. And, and, and mean, no meanwhile, meanwhile, they love Obama, who sold us out to the Iranians, who sold us out to the Cuban government... Uh, who sold us out to the Russians with the uh, uh, uranium deal. Uh, they, they love Obama, even though his administration was lawless with the IRS, with Fast and Furious, 
even though uh, his administration eviscerated our military and undermined local law enforcement. Yeah, they love Obama. It's, it's hard to actually get through to people who have that mentality. Thank you for your call, my friend. I'll be right back. Lopin. a great New Year's resolution. Resolve right here, right now, that January is the month and 2018 is the year you stop living in fear of the Internal Revenue Service. Resolve now, right now, to stop worrying if today is the day the IRS shows up at work. Resolve to stop lying awake at night, worrying how you'll provide for your family after the IRS garnishes your wages and freezes your bank accounts. Turn your resolution into reality. Call the number one tax resolution firm, Optima Tax Relief. Optima knows that behind every tax problem are good people, people with families, homes, savings, paychecks that need protection, which explains how they've resolved over half a billion dollars in tax debt for their clients, and they're rated A-plus by the Better Business Bureau. Plus, these guys really are experts in helping their clients take advantage of the Fresh Start initiative, perhaps the biggest break the IRS has ever offered. Folks, I am telling you, stop sweating it. Get help. Give yourself the gift of resolution this year. Call the experts that I trust at Optima Tax Relief. Here's their number, 800-499-6300, 800-499-6300. That's 800-499-6300. I've got a great Levin TV tonight, fresh off, uh, fresh off the uh, presses, we'll say. I hope you'll check it out. Rich, Long Island, New York, the great WABC. Go. Hey, Mark. It's yes, sir. Listen, Listen. Uh, this our man, Rich, from forever ago. That, uh, that he Say has. Again? This goes back to Goldwater with that thing where, you know, in, in your heart, he's no, you know he's nuts. Remember that saying they had about him? And Nixon to a degree and Reagan. This is nothing but this is all they do. They're almost like a repeat. And... Uh, well, let, let me let me just add something there. I, they do it, but not like this. This is every day, day in and day out. They prop up the psychiatrist from Yale who will not confront serious people. The media are using her and the Democrats to voice this. You can't tell news from opinion anymore on these so-called news shows and these news channels. No, it's just a barrage. It's it, that's all it is. That's it, it's it's not even news at all. It's just a bunch of a bunch of slander. That's really all it is. And uh, anyway, I just want to tell you, I, I finally saw Deliverance, and you're right. That Scarborough looks like the guy on the bridge. <laughs> Doesn't he look like the kid sitting on the bridge playing the banjo? He looks just like him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The left. Actually, uh, let me correct myself. The kid on the bridge looks better. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. And by the way, that's that's a movie I never want to see again either. I don't no, know no, you. I know, I, I never saw. I, I don't want to see it again either. Uh, yeah, you got that right. All right, brother. Appreciate your call. Our buddy Francisco, California, Sirius Satellite. We only have a minute. Go. Thank you, sir, for taking my call. I just visited El Salvador. I'm from El Salvador. I just visited El Salvador. All right, you slow know, down. Even though we have a minute, you've slow down. You visited El Salvador. Go ahead. And, it used to be a very beautiful country back in, uh, you know, before 1979. Now that was taken over by the left, uh, you know, the Democratic Party, you know, contributed to the destruction of the, of that. Then, you know, a 
a nice country. And it's a hellhole over there. And I'm the yes, 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 the socialists have destroyed El Salvador the way they've destroyed much of uh, Argentina. They're trying to destroy destroy Chile. They've destroyed big chunks of Brazil. That's what they do. They destroy. Look at Venezuela. Absolutely gone down the crapper. We salute all you heroes out there. Stay warm. Why do people say that? Like you're going to stay cold if you can. I'll see you tomorrow, America. Check out Levin TV. Be well.